the thought of sacking clients, I, I was like, what? Yeah, you, can't, you can't sack clients, Mike, you're mental. Yeah. This works really well for you, but it's not working for me. I need more time. As you've got more people, it should allow you to get more perspective, relax, see a bigger picture, plan for a bigger business. T sales are gonna be down next year. We said we're in recession. What are we gonna do? Today's episode is with Alex Curtis. Alex runs the lead engine, helping companies get leads. But seven years ago, Alex was stressed, anxious, just starting out in business. See Alex today, he's calm, he's confident, he's built his own systems around the systems we first started with, and you can achieve the success, comfort, and confidence that he has. Don't miss this episode. I met Alex first about five years ago when I was entrepreneur in residence at Alia Future Business Centre, where they had um, a hatchery, and then went that which is where people built ideas, and then they had fledglings where we were evolving those ideas, and other people came in with a business that they wanted to grow for scale or finance, and we helped, and I helped them through that process. I was there for several years and met many people. One of those people was Alex. So good to see you again, Alex. Yeah, you too, mate. Uh, thank you for coming along. So, Alex, let's go back to that, and um, perhaps if you can describe where was you, you know, how were you feeling, how was your business, why did you come and see me uh, when we first met? Oh, God. Um, so I was making money, but I think you said off air a minute ago, you looked very stressed, and you were <laughs> very stressed. Um, I was contracting, and I think I was billing about nine day rates a week. And just, I thought, more work I do, the more harder I work for the longest hours, the better it'll be. And I was in a bit, I was, I was just uh, definitely at like some sort of breaking point. I think I had clients who didn't respect me. I was struggling, although I was a marketer, I was struggling to market my own business. Um, but I thought I had something and I was good at what I did. I just wasn't... Yeah, no, now you say that, it takes me back, because I remember one of the first strategies was getting rid of the, the yeah. cheaper customers that you desperately needed when you first yeah. joined. Uh, but doing it in a way where you said, look, I've got to put my prices up, I'm not making money on the deal, those have got it. Yeah. And if they weren't willing to make that transition, just going for the, the higher paying customers. Yeah. And actually, the more they were paying, funny enough, the more they respected you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. You, you say you're cutting off your tail, I think was the phrase. Yeah, yeah. cutting off the and bottom end, the 80% that yeah. makes you 20% of your profits. Exactly, and this the thought of sacking clients I, I was like what yeah, you, can't, you can't sack clients mike you're mental yeah, yeah. um but you, you have to you, well you have especially to. as a sole trader because at the time you've only got you you've only got the time each week that you've got to give yeah. and so you, no one you can delegate to so no. it's not like you could give them to a junior member of staff so therefore the only hours you had as you quite rightly yeah. said if you took on another client that was better paying that into more family time and you had a new baby yeah. at the time yeah. your wife was kind of not ever seeing you you were stressed because yeah. they were not seeing you you wanted to do it but you needed to make the money yeah. and so there is this need that says the enemy of the best is the good which I use a lot yeah. and any business is good business but it's not best for you and yeah. it's not best for your business and we had to make that strong decision to cut that tail off yeah. so that you'd create the void that enabled you without killing yourself yeah. to bring in new customers uh, and you know when that space or vacuum appears we've got something to fill um, and, and what was wonderful at the time was you were there to learn you, you, you took it on board we tried a few bits we got some success and I remember early on you got some customers that were paying much more than those early ones yeah. and you realized that they were easier um, they were more respectful you could do a better job for yeah. them and then I remember seeing over the first few months how 
you relaxed into that role a little yeah, bit because definitely. you were getting some sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, weren't killing yeah, yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, but tell me, uh, for the benefit of, of anyone listening, t- tell, remind me about the business, what it was, what you do, uh, yeah. or what you did at that point in time, and then how that's evolved over time. Yeah, so well, where we're at now, there is uh, financial advice market brokers, advisors, traditionally either relied on referrals, which they can't control. You can ask for more, but you yeah, can't control. Yeah. You can't sort of scale that. Uh, or they bought leads from kind of some unscrupulous kind of websites who were kind of um, misleading clients potentially. So it wasn't really good for the advisor. So they get someone on the phone that didn't know who they, who they were, uh, wasn't expecting the call from them, and they've probably been called by about six other people because that person sold that data right, to right, a lot right. of people. So we let these advice firms know that you can generate inquiries yourself through your website and we coach them or we do it for them. Um, but that's sort of a result of kind of creating a, a marketing process that works for my business, can work for any, but we've, we've kind of found this market, this kind of niche, if you like, that works really well for us. We know it better than anyone else. So your business is the lead engine. Yes. Uh, and that's about helping people get leads, win yeah. their own leads, yeah, g- where get to their buy own. leads. What, what yeah, so um, we to, to generate their own, to be in control of that. They can scale their business because a lot of them, they'll hire like a self-employed advisor. There's not a lot of cost, well, a recruitment cost, but they can scale that business if they've got the leads coming in. If you've got quality inquiries coming through that are profitable, then it makes them much easier to scale. So we've helped scale a lot of businesses and helped some small people by coaching get to a point where they can grow and, uh, and yeah, hire yeah. people. So we help, help that growth kind of phase through good quality marketing. Brilliant. So we spent maybe, um, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but spent maybe a year with you as a one-man band. We're transitioning your business approach, the way that you got your own customers, the way you manage yeah. those customers, the way you build those customers. Yeah. Uh, how many uh, customers, do you, uh, employees do you have now? Where's it changed um, from that one-man band? Today? Yeah, so we've got 12, I think now. Okay. 12 full-time, and then there are some contractors like Overfill, a couple if we need like help, but the core team is like 12 now. So. And you're looking much more relaxed. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, which is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, we, we, so I met you in the April of 2017. We did hire the first two in June. So I think the kind of the budget was there and yeah. the time was was kind of there, um, but it was getting rid of, like you say, some of those ones, those low-paying ones that were taking a lot of time, and it was just seeing that, and it was kind of like the fear of like losing, yeah. like guaranteed income. And can you remember how we did that? What approach we took? What uh, was it that, that got you to change from where I you think, were? I think it was yeah. So I think it was certainly by going into those kind of legacy clients and actually just saying that this works really well for you, but it's not working for me. I need more time. I want to grow the business. I just had that. I think you said it was like, it's only a five minute awkward conversation yeah. to have. And and they were fine with it. <laughs> like, yeah. Because you sort of build this, you think people are going to say no, but actually they need you probably more than you think. Um, so. No, exactly. And as a behavioural profiler, one of the things I often say to people is, we, we, the most conversations we have in any one day are with ourselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're constantly yeah. talking to ourselves. If I say this, they'll do that. I can't, I can't ring them and do this because they'll react like that. Yeah. And nearly always we're wrong. Yeah. I mean, we think, we, we know ourselves, but we don't know others. Yeah. But we, we, 
we make all these assumptions rather than just picking up the phone and doing what's right. And I think if you do it with integrity, you want to do the best job you can yeah. for them. To do the best job you can, you need to charge them the right amount to yeah. be at your best, to, to grow the business, to give them a team that can support them. Now, once you can look at it through the uh, perspective of this is the right thing to do, not mm. just for me, but for them. Because, yeah. you know, start with the end in mind. The end in mind is that you build a great brand, great customer service. If you've got 12 people now, mm. obviously you're growing your customer base yeah. fantastically, mm -hmm. I assume. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've now got, because I've been able to spend some time on our marketing, we can use the systems that we create for the people, the processes for ourselves and um, be able to have that, you know, have sales calls kind of in the diary you know, on almost autopilot. Um, but we never worked on our own. I never worked on our marketing. It was always about clients, because I was contracted. It was always like helping them grow their business and not working on my own. So when we started, did, did when you were sort of on your own, as it were, sort of mm -hmm. that, that fledgling, trying to find your way yeah. around business, you had a good skill set um, and good intent. But were you setting goals at the time? How, how was you? How you, what was your approach to business and where you might be able to take it and, and what you might do with it? Did you have written goals? Did you uh, have no. any plan or strategy or system? No, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I was, I was just moaning, I think, about wanting to make this change. I kind of had what I wanted, it was like a dream rather than a, a goal. And yeah, I wasn't doing yeah. anything about it. Well, as you say that, I, to me, they say a goal is a dream with a date on it. Yeah. And sometimes it is as simple as saying, yeah. this is what I want a million pound turnover, I want 10 staff, I, I want 100 customers. And that's just a dream if you don't put a date on it. But yeah. if you say, I'm going to do that by November next year, I'm going to do that in the mm. next three months, suddenly that's a goal. Yeah. And, and it is important to write it down. I mean, one of the things that constantly surprises me, there are 5.9 million businesses in the UK. 5.3 million, million of them have less than 10 employees. Yeah. So you're already in the top 10% uh, <laughs> as you've got onto that 12. Yeah. And then the journey grows from there. But that, the reason I say that is so many of them have only grown, 90% have only got to the point where there's 10 or less employees. And they're probably juggling and they're desperately trying to make sure that they can pay the wages of those 10, often mm. paying themselves less yeah. than they're paying some of their key staff, yeah. Yeah. not knowing if they're... And, uh, and, and often it's their mortgage and their holiday and yeah. their cars yeah. that get cut short to pay for the staff. Yeah. You know, without that ring goals, without that plan, without a system to follow, they're going to always stay at that small level. Yeah. Um, and they are the lifeblood of the UK. But what I want to do is to say, let's transition beyond that because I'm sure you've found, or it's a question really rather than a statement is, as you've got more people, it should allow you to get more perspective, relax, see a bigger picture, plan for a bigger business. Yeah. Would that be yeah. fair? Yeah, literally. Literally just hired someone yeah, that's starting in January, actually, one of the last kind of skill sets where there's someone else better than me at something, right. at every kind of skill set. In the business now, so that will com that should completely now free me up, kind of entirely. But yeah, bringing in those people that take a massive chunk away from me, then gives you the time to work on your own things. Certainly. And you saying hiring someone that's better than me—that's a really, really key point. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that holds so many small businesses down is they want to be the top dog. They want to be the yeah. king. They think they have to be as good or better than all their people. Yeah. I don't want them doing anything I can't do. Is the kind of thing yeah. I hear. 
And yet when you look at the, the sort of mega stars of business, you know, the Henry Fords, mm -hmm. couldn't read, couldn't write, left school at 14, yeah. knowing that he didn't have that capability meant that he employed the best engineer, mm -hmm. the best marketer, the best salesperson, always looking for people better than him. Yeah. Um, you know, Bill Gates was once asked, what exactly do you do? Because you're not a programmer, you're not a <laughs> yeah, marketer, you're yeah. not a salesman. You know, what is it you do? Mm -hmm. And what was fantastic was he said, I employ great people mm -hmm. that are much better individually at everything they do than I am. Yeah. He said, so, and he said, I like to think of it as like an orchestra. He said, I'm not a player of any of the instruments, but I can conduct that orchestra yeah, yeah. to do amazing things. And to me, when you can stop being a, an playing an instrument, you can become a conductor, yeah. and and that is a really necessary uh, and rewarding transition because so many people, you know, taking that analogy a bit further, they might say, "I'm a fantastic heating engineer, I'm great at lead generation, mm. I'm great at uh, I fit the best kitchens," but until they stop working in the business and start working on the business and get the perspective to see that they don't have to do all the doing. In yeah. fact, the more they do the doing, the less they got the perspective. The less they got the perspective, the less they can grow. Yeah. And then what we do is we try and elevate from working in the business to working on the business to get in a really clear future plan. Yeah. So tell me about goals. Do you, do you write your goals down now? Have you got a clear system? Yeah, I think what really helped, I don't know if you remember, I brought the vision board out and I brought, I remember bringing yeah, it up to the yeah, cafe yeah, yeah. in the thing. I felt like, all right, Wally, well, holding this, this, this thing yeah, out. But that was a big step. But that was, that was huge, that was huge. So for me, I think um, vision, not necessarily writing statements down, although I've found when you do, you, I've just, whenever, I've, whenever I have done it, I've hit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the only thing that holds you back is like, well, why didn't I sort of set a bit higher? And you sort of think, oh, well, I couldn't do that. So you, you tend to train yourself to, you kind of want to, aim a bit higher but you restrict yourself like a little bit yeah. even though if I look at the goals for next year compared to when I met you they're ridiculous yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's only ridiculous because you you think it's ridiculous if that kind of makes sense well and you know my head's full of from my mentors and books and things of, of sayings and one of them is I, I saw further by standing on the shoulders of giants mm. and you know each time you uh, lift yourself up you take advice from someone else yeah. you meet someone at what I know you do a lot of networking and yeah. you meet someone at one of these events and they give you a little snippet a little go a gold piece of gold a golden nugget of knowledge of experience you raise again. But yeah. it's really important what you said, the minute you wrote it down, mm -hmm. you achieved it. Yeah. And, and it is, you know, part of the reason we do transition mapping, where are you today? Where do you want to be in one year or three years? Mm -hmm. What areas have we got to work on and what yeah. are we going to do? Yeah. But writing that, uh, uh, our creative subconscious is often called our taxi driver. Mm -hmm. And once we say, get in a cab, what do they say? Where do you want to go? Yeah. Now, if we said, I just want to go north, or I want to be successful, or uh, I want to have more money, that's like saying, just drive or take me north. A taxi driver will say, yeah, give me a bit, give me a bit of help here, mate. Where exactly do you want to go? Or you say, oh, I'm going to Edmonton. Okay, I'll start driving. But as we get there, I need to know the address. What's yeah. the address I'm going to? The number of the street almost, because the, the, their brains are amazing. Now, your creative subconscious is called a taxi driver because once you set it a destination, it will take you there. And it's a really good point. Don't set the goals too low because yeah, it will yeah. take you yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. But equally, negatively, when people start thinking, oh, I think it's going to be terrible. I think we're going to be in a recession. I don't, what if we don't get any customers next mm. year? That 
taxi driver, what you're doing is you're telling them, you're gonna, well, I think we're going to fail. We're yeah. going to fail. You know, t sales are going to be down next year. Reset, we're in recession. What are we going to do? You're giving, you're feeding that taxi driver loads of negative destinations. And you know what? If you haven't got a counter positive to change that, yeah. he'll take you there. <clears throat> she'll take you there, yeah, exactly. depending who your taxi driver is. Yeah. So great. So you got you got stronger and stronger goals. So mm -hmm. are you going to set them even higher now? I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the ne next thing I want to talk about is um, one of the things I often talk about is we set our goals in concrete, mm -hmm. but we set our plans in sand. Yeah. And you know, Steve Jobs. In if you Google um, Steve Jobs graduating address Stanford or mm. something like that. Uh, is an, about a 16 minute uh, speech, it's fantastic. And he talks about, sometimes you look back and you can join the dots backwards. Mm. So you know where you wanted to go, but you didn't quite get there how you expected yeah. to get there. So we say we've set our goals in concrete, but our plans in sand. We need this flexibility because if it was a mapping, we talk about transformation mapping, mm. we might be driving there, the car could break down. We might be on the train, they might cancel halfway. We then have to make alternates. Mm -hmm. But if our goals are in concrete, we're still gonna aim there. Yeah. We're still gonna get there and we'll find another a vehicle to get us there. So I know your business has changed mm -hmm. somewhat. Talk me through a little bit of where you thought your business was going to be, what areas you thought you were going to be key focus on, and how that's transitioned in the last few years and where it is now. Yeah, so I think with that, that market, that kind of niche, if you like, we were certainly open. I did a lot. In fact, some of the companies I was contracting with, it was like sports products. It was like um, uh, portable floodlights for football teams and cryotherapy chambers and, and things like that. So yeah, so the cryo chambers and, and um, it was kind of, that was working really well. And it could have been sports, professional sports products could have been the, the thing or, or it may have been, there wasn't a thing, it was just we do lead generation for, <coughs> for anyone. But I think what we found was when you kind of have this kind of inch wide, mile deep, I think I said yeah, yeah. earlier, we're, we're the best at at this market because we're learning something every day on this market that we're already the best at. You know, because we, we've got one, one type of client with one problem yeah, yeah, yeah. that we know how to fix. And we, we are just, you know, I have a, you know, I can have a, like a sales call with somebody. It's not a sales call. I'm just letting them know what we've done, how it works. And I, I could go toe to toe with anyone on that, on that subject because we're just, really focused on it um, and I think that's helped us grow more than by yeah. doing the same thing for a and where is, what is that focus now What's so that so the financial advice market of people I mean we've got set criteria for the clients that that we want and if they don't hit that it's we can coach you yeah. but um, it's not so it's certain criteria really a lot of it is around their sort of website stats there like if you've got less than 50 five-star Trustpilot or Google reviews, we can't, you know, there's no point in running any Google ads. You're not yeah, going to yeah. get the quality you want. So you've got to come back. When five years ago, you'd have taken a customer, whoever <laughs> yeah, they yeah, were, exactly. whatever they like, yeah. there wouldn't have been yeah, any yeah, exactly. criteria. Yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting because to me, you talk, I like that saying, I haven't heard that inch wide, mm. mile deep thing, but mm -hmm. it's about focus. Yeah. And I always picture and sometimes show people the old magnifying glass where, you know, if you hold it still, you can literally start a fire. Yeah. You, can, you can set a house on fire with one little magnifying glass. Yeah. But if you're moving it around all the time, you've got no chance. And, yeah. and that is back to the taxi driver. That's like saying, I just want to go north. I want to build a business. Mm. That's great. What are you going to build it in? Well, yeah. lead generation. Okay, mm. lead generation is like this, this wide yeah. but once you start to close it down you know who to target and yeah. one of the key things of lead generation is who is my customer yeah. uh, w where do they commune you know yeah. and, and what I mean by that is 
Um, are there certain websites I can find them on? Are there certain affinity uh, or affiliate yeah. marketing that I can do? But yeah. the minute you got that focus down, you were able to have a rifle level focus on, that's where they are, that, that's where I can find them, what services do they need? Mm -hmm. And then I, I remember you used to do a lot of um, video chat calls yeah. and uh, to groups and to individuals yeah. where you were advising but um, when, and I used to listen to some of them on mm. the internet, mm. but you were also um, learning all the time because yeah. you were asking so many questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I learned. And you don't, yeah. as a consultant or advisor or service provider, mm -hmm. you don't always have to have answers. Sometimes it's about yeah. asking the right questions. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we've got a, a sort of DIY package that's not particularly profitable. If you look, if I spoke to my accountant, they'd be like, why are you doing this? But you learn, because it's where I spend a lot of time with our you know advisors with brokers and actually I get just as much from them as they get from me um, in terms of just and, and, and speaking to clients like you learn everything you need to know yeah. about marketing your business from speaking to potential clients and I think we take that for granted so when I was contracting that's one thing I sort of miss out on now which is being I used to work contracting in a call center actually just over there and just hearing the sales conversations would give me ideas because that's the it's, marketing is basically answering the questions that yeah. people don't know. You're kind of you can build rapport with them by letting them know the questions that they want answering, sort of thing. So yeah, knowing well, the questions, and then you should know the answers because you're the expert. It's just like no, once you know the questions that your clients, potential clients, have, you give them the answers and you do it on video podcast and you help you build rapport, you build trust, and then they want to work with you. More than anyone and else. they tell other people because one of yeah. the things I remember when you came in to see me and you got real pride sort of chest puffed <laughs> out because you'd been asked to speak at a conference. Yeah. You know? yeah so you'd yeah. gone from like struggling to get things to be to uh, to get the money to pay the rent as it yeah. were or mortgage to a position where you were then getting better and better customers. They mm. were realizing your expertise. You were becoming known for that. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly you were asked to speak at events. Yeah. And those events became great business generators yeah, for yeah. you as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And then we started doing our own events and now we've got official partnerships. We've got a partnership. We've got we're a preferred supplier with one of the biggest networks uh, financial for financial advisors. And then we're working on at the minute, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say it or not. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it here, it's fine. Um, but they, they often fund um, things for their new businesses. So it may be the network may fund our services for them to pay it back through their future income, if that kind of makes sense. So new businesses coming in, oh, okay. will, they can pay for us with their future business that they write. Because they know it's going to be a lead generation yeah. sort of back through yeah, so the they do it on other things like recruitment and things like that. The network will actually fund yeah. things. So being in a position where they they trust us enough to to kind of put that risk in, if you yeah, like. Yeah. Um, so we would never be anywhere near that network if we weren't that kind of inch wide on that market. Well, and also because you are so focused, you can't sort of say, well, if I upset that sector or do something wrong in that sector, I can mm -hmm. go for this, this, this. Yeah. I guess you could, mm -hmm. but it was interesting before we started. And Ash sort of was asking you. Uh, what you do mm -hmm. uh, and you were saying about well once I realized it was about making them more successful focusing on my customers needs yeah. the business just grew if I yeah. make it too selfish about me so you can set a goal Absolutely. that says I want yeah. this many customers I want to do this turnover but then you have to recognize that comes from being amazing at what you offer to help your customers That's and, it. So, and, and I was just listening in and thinking 
that's exactly that. You focus on doing a great job for enough other people and you'll deliver great success. For yeah, people. so I've got a quote for you. I don't, hopefully you didn't come up with it. No, <laughs> Be, I don't know. Being, <laughs> being selfishly unselfish. Um, so you're, the more unselfish you are by helping them, you get so much more back. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind no, of... I didn't come up with that. But, oh, okay, but, well, but I'll, it's a great, I'll claim it's a, it then. <laughs> selfish, unselfish. It's a great, great quote and it reminds me of Zig Ziglar um, when um, someone said, how do you become successful? And he said, yeah. help enough other people yeah, become yeah. successful it's true. and you'll yeah. be successful. Yeah. So, you know, that's really key. And one of the other things that's sort of similar is um, they say you've got two ears and one mouth, use them mm. in that order, yeah, so yeah. sort of listen more before you get Absolutely. it out. And more importantly for your kind of business in so many ways, because you've got to really listen to what they need and understand who are they after. So what, what leads are going to be right for this customer versus that yeah. customer versus this customer. Absolutely. Because if you don't <clears> give them <throat> what they need, they don't always tell you that, they just go elsewhere. Absolutely. So a lot of customers don't complain, they just don't come back yep. if you haven't ticked that box. Absolutely. Um, so being selfishly unselfish, the unselfishness is about really understanding how can I do a best job for them. Absolutely. And that comes back to you, obviously. Yep. Absolutely. So what <laughs> systems do you, do you think, if you were now sitting and working with a, a fledgling or, or a, a young or uh, uh, aspiring business person at this moment in time, what key sort of systems or approaches or disciplines would you say are most important uh, that you'd want to pass back, as it were? I think being a marketer, I'd, I'd always sort of naturally focus on that. And I think having a, when you're, the, I think the fear of kind of hiring staff and making that, those, those kind of leaps are because you're worried where the next bit of income is going to come from. So I think if you sort that out, so you've got this, you can actually plan you know that leads are going to come in that yeah. you know business is going to come in because you so i would focus on on that and a on, lot of on the marketing on marketing okay. on actually how am i going to actually get new business in and once you've got that system sorted and then you know you can your income is going to come in you know you can afford to bring these people in to then free you up yeah, yeah. i think that's that's where i went wrong by actually just not spending on on how am i going to get my own clients and just scrabbling around for what I've got. So then when we were having conversations about hiring staff, it was like, oh, I, I know I need to get so many clients, but I, have, I didn't have that system yeah. in place. And I think now the comfort now of having that system in place that, that my diary does get filled up, yeah, yeah. That, that allows me the time to grow and obviously the revenue to be able to do it as well. So definitely focusing on that. Um, and then if you're a service business like, like me, that the, like you said, there's no, there's no secrets other than people buy from people. Yeah, you know, yeah. One of, one of the, there's a guy called Chris Ducker. Went Ducker. To, Chris Ducker, yeah, went to his conference and he said, look, there's no B2B, there's no B2C, there's only P2P, people oh, buy okay. from like people. That. And when you, so it's personal branding, you know, so people, there was one point where if you asked someone, oh, do you work with the lead engine, they'd be like, who's the lead engine I, I work with Alex you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it's easier for people to remember and trust in you as an individual than your business and your brand and yeah. I think so many businesses hide behind this brand so I think I've got to be like a business I've got yeah, to look yeah. like a corporate business no just well, I'd, I'd love to focus on a few of those those things mm. and just <coughs> and then come back to more because you've got yeah. some great <coughs> I can say that you know I'm learning as well, and that's the thing. Being a lifelong learner, so they're not saying I, I, I can do yeah, this yeah, now. Yeah, I don't absolutely. need it. And 
you know, often they say that cleaners have the messiest house that houses or, or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that, like, I oh, know I'm a lead engine, but I can't pay for leads myself. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. But when it comes to marketing, um, one of my clients used to be Coca-Cola. And at the time, they were the biggest advertising spender in the world. Mm -hmm. And and people say, but it's Coca-Cola. Why do they need to yeah. advertise? Yeah, everyone knows Coca-Cola. Like everyone drinks Coca-Cola yeah. or, or has had it or, you know, they know the product. Why do they need to spend so much? And certainly, why would they spend more than anyone else? And it's because they want to stay at the top. Yeah. And they want to connect with people constantly. But interestingly, if you look at their adverts and you talk about P2P and building that personal brand or treating almost their products as if they were a person, mm -hmm. when you see a Coke ad, if it's a 30 second ad, let's say, it'll be about friends having fun together. Yep. It'll be about a great sporting event. It'll be about a great musical event. Yep. And the last two seconds, it might just be a yep. glug, 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 as it goes in. But most of it is, is connecting that you can you you consume coke when you're enjoying time with friends yeah, exactly. with your favorite sport and they're creating yeah. that mental connection That's it. Uh, as well um, and i absolutely get that the only thing that the only time that changes slightly is when we're looking at business valuation and uh, we're looking to exit a business, mm -hmm. what you don't want is a business that's all about Alex. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. So you always want to be the face of the business, you always want an open door um, position where customers can get access mm -hmm. to you and you're not sort of so high and mighty that you're above them. But if we're coming into this period where we're gonna exit the business, we're mm -hmm. going to sell it, uh, and actually, even to scale it, you need to say, oh, you know, let me introduce you to Tom. He's amazing on this that's area. It. That's it. And you start promoting, edifying, uh, yeah. helping people see the value in people below you. Because the biggest fear or risk to a person buying a business is if it's all about Alex and he gets a couple of million yeah. quid and he sits on a beach, <laughs> yeah, yeah. is the business going to fall apart? Yeah, so I think absolutely, one, certainly one thing we've talked about from the beginning was get, you know, I said earlier, I'm hiring people that are, are better than me. I've got this wide skill set, but I need people that are better than me at, at that thing. I'm, um, I'm now the second best person at Google Ads in financial advice because Tom, my head of performance, is the best. Um, yeah. And then my tech, you know, got my tech guy's got to be better than me at that. My uh, Tessa, she interviews her clients, she's got to be better than me at, at, at that. And now yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got our own podcast and now we've, we're doing team episodes. So people know Tom, you know, um, when we bring clients on, they're like, oh, Tom, I feel like I know you already because I've heard you on the, the podcast. So it's yeah, not yeah. just me now. You, you get these people in um, where, where it becomes, you know, the, the lead engine as, as a team. But yeah, I think yeah. in the beginning, right at the beginning, leverage yourself like and because people will trust you that coca-cola had to spend so much more money for people to recognize that brand but yeah. um you know richard branson or or whoever or elon musk you know it's you 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 recognize faces names you know the sound how people look and you can trust them more yeah. you know it's easier to trust you than some other you know some other brand yeah, was, uh, and in the way, the way that I've often heard it described, and I shamelessly steal some of these quotes and use them again mm. and again, because they swim around in my head, is mm. people do business with people they like, know, and trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I like you, so we built some rapport, yeah. because I, either the way that you come across uh, when we meet or online mm -hmm. or whatever, there, there, there is rapport, and that is mm. important. Uh, like, 
know over time I've got to know you and sometimes yeah. that can be created in social media I, yeah, I yeah, feel exactly. like I know you but yeah, I don't know you yeah. and then it's trust it. and if I don't know that I can trust you do other people I know use you yeah. so can it be a kind of borrowed trust initially mm -hmm. uh, because they say that people are nine times more likely to buy if a friend recommends them than through an advert so we're finding this yeah. kind of how do we get create that like know and trust and what are the different dynamics and mechanics to, to connecting in those yeah. in those ways <clears throat> Um, and some of it is just getting out there, um, but it is really, really important. And I really like this people to people because yeah. there's so many cliches that distract from what is important, I think. So what other systems do you do, you do in terms of uh, talking about uh, strategy, goals, goal setting with your team? Do you individually goal set them or is it, is it as a team you're, you're converging towards a goal? How does that all work for you? I think we've got, we've sort of got like a leadership team and then the business itself in terms of growth goals there's, there's those and then people have their own kind of individual ones uh, as well but yeah certainly it's um it's yeah it helps kind of get them motivated about yeah. their, their job as well by setting you know achievable goals for them and also getting them involved in in trying to do it as well like how to you know what and, and speaking to them as well because they're the I think one thing businesses don't do is don't speak to the boots on the ground. Yeah. You know, they're speaking to the clients way more than me now. So actually, like, what do you think we should be doing as well, getting there by? But yeah, certainly. And then it's like, okay, so how can we do that? And then giving them little projects to be able to achieve what they think that would help us grow. Yeah. And do you have incentives in place for them when you achieve? Um, I think we've we've certainly done. Um, I haven't got like an official one kind of written down, but we've got. We do lots of stuff together because we're working remotely now. We meet up a lot together. The guys have had uh, some, um, giving them like Amazon vouchers and things like that for their, you know, Christmas and things like that. Um, if I suppose that, but they've all achieved. We've not had really anyone not achieve those goals. So that this time of year in December, we'll I don't really call it a bonus, but certainly let them know that their hard work has been appreciated great, a great. lot. Yeah, constantly sort of letting them know. Um, that they're appreciated every Friday on WhatsApp at the end of the, the week in the group. I think certainly, because it's very easy, like one bad apple can yeah. sort of ruin. No, I, in fact, I used that just the other day, so, and people are saying, I said, that person, you've spoke about them a lot today, they're clearly not right for the business. I said to you, if you've got 12 people, in, in yeah. their case it was more, mm. but if you've got 12 people and you had to get rid of one tomorrow for the survival of your business, which one would it be? You know it already in the time it took to ask the question. Yeah. Um, why are they still there? Uh, and they said, oh, well, you know, I want to wait till the new year and, and it's not right. I've got to replace them. So basically you're abusing it. Even though you know they're going to go, you're keeping them just because it's convenient to you. But mm. they're a bad apple. If you had a bowl yeah. of apples and one rotten one in there, would you say, oh, I'll leave it till tomorrow yeah. because, you know, the pot looks nice at the minute? No, you'd take it out straight away. Um, and the enemy of the best is the good in that yeah, sense. They're good yeah. person, they're all right. But winning teams only have the best players and yeah. that's one of the key things I have. But the, the reason I asked about incentives is I do a lot around incentives at the moment and there's this cycle of how do we attract, train, motivate and retain the best people and the sort of motivate and retain. Mm -hmm. You're right, recognition is absolutely key. Mm -hmm. And money is great and people are motivated by money. Mm -hmm. And I think more for me, it's about trying to put something in place that lets them know that they're part of the journey are gonna get rewarded along the yeah. journey. But if you just gave them money, but not the recognition, that doesn't work. And yeah, they say, yeah. 
I love the saying about recognition that babies cry for it, soldiers die for it, we all need it. Mm -hmm. And literally people, you know, when you think about frontline soldiers, they're on minimum wage, yeah. and yet they're putting their life at risk for the chance to be seen to be a hero, to do the right thing, uh, and get that recognition that they so deserve. Um, and it's about getting that attention. So I think that is key. I would tend to suggest that the, the importance of looking at, I mean, I, I always think 10 or 20% of profits going forward. If you want to get mm -hmm. high growth, they give just that little bit extra if they know that we've got to hit the target before that kicks in. Yeah, yeah. So if you say this year we're going for an 18% growth, guys, but you know what, we're going to have a point for every month that you worked here, a point for every thousand mm -hmm. that we earn, and then we're going to divide the profit up, or 20% of it, or 10% of it, you decide, mm -hmm. um, into points and then divide it out, they all know, Christ, we've got to hit the goal, we've got to yeah, hit the goal, yeah. then there's an upside. But that's something to think about for the future. Yeah, and, yeah. And talking about the future, where next for you? What um, <laughs> have you thought? If I said in three years, in five years, what's your business going to look um, like? I read a really good book called Built to Sell, and I think one of the lessons in there was like build it to sell, so you don't need to. Um, so that if you wanted to, you talked about millions on the, on, but that was certainly a goal at the beginning. But yeah. also, why wouldn't I want to create a business that is profitable, that can work without me? And doesn't need me, but because but I enjoy being part of. So mm. I want to be at a, a point in that next you know three years where if I wanted to sell it and retire on the beach, I could do. But I'd actually still want to be hungry to help grow yeah. it some more. And actually, why why would I? But being able to kind of have all those key elements in, so there's no kind of anxiety about not being at work. I think I had my first holiday where I didn't open the laptop. Um, right. in the summer where it literally didn't open. I got one WhatsApp message, I think. Um, so having that where it's like, I can just not even take the laptop. Yeah. So I'm not even thinking, oh, I need it in case of emergency. So massively liberating for you, but, yeah. but also what that says to your team is there's a load of trust there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not ringing yeah. up, have you done this, have yeah, you done that, reported. And a lot of people, their, their whole like value is self-determined by being needed and, and yeah. yet really the best value you could do as a parent or as a leader in a business is to get them to a point where they don't need you. Yeah. They, they're your friend, they want to spend time with you, but they don't necessarily need you. That's it. Uh, and I think this built to sell, I like, uh, I haven't thought about it in, in that uh, title before, mm -hmm. but what we talk about in transition mapping is we're always structuring to sell. Not mm -hmm. because we want to sell, but because that's the best way to optimize yeah, yeah. the value of a business. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes we might need to sell a business. Let's say something terrible happened, someone, the, the leader, the owner had mm -hmm. a heart attack or died or, yeah. or just needed to be away from the business because a loved one uh, needed that time. Yeah. If you weren't properly set up, often they say, oh yeah, but the, uh, and I, I talk about like safety, security mm. for your family. And you might say, well, it's the business. But if you died, yeah, yeah. Got, that business will fall apart yeah. very quickly, not exactly. so much because of the way you've set it, yeah. but often in, in many cases. Mm. And the family already dealing with grief have got to think about the business. So yeah. if you can make it completely independent, not only is it worth more in the event that you wanted or needed to sell it, yeah. But you've got you're starting to get that freedom back, and your people are starting to be respected enough to uh, to know that you value them enough to literally leave your business yeah, yeah. with them. Um, so I mean that, that's great. What if there was one thing that you would want to give to someone else starting a business that you said the biggest single thing that you think is important when building a business? What would it be? <laughs> um, I think believe in yourself that you can do it other than I think if, if I'd not talked about the P2P thing I think that's like 
massive, massive game changer. Like just being, letting people buy into you. Um, but also like getting over yourself and believing that you can do it, yeah. I think. And then that comes back to the goal setting, which sounds like a really soft, <laughs> horrific answer, but a lot no, of the time no, it not, is. No, not at all, because if, if you know that it's about building your brand mm. and then you believe in you as a brand, it holds you to account as well. Yeah. Because if, you're, if you are the face or you're creating yourself as the face that, that is the head of the business, you, you've got to set the high standard yeah, that everyone absolutely. else follows by. So I don't think that's and bad the, at all. Like your book says, you know, failure, failure breeds success. I think a lot of people are afraid to fail when actually it's not until you give up. It's like, just don't, don't give up. If you, if you, like we said earlier, if you get to know your client, your potential customer so well, and you've created something that you know they need yeah. and does add value, if you honestly believe you've created that and you don't give up, then it will work and then yeah. you'll probably get a few kick in the balls like along the way but if you genuinely believe in it and you don't give up it will be successful so it's like be honest with yourself you've told me that a few times yeah, like you've yeah. got to be honest with yourself the 11th commandment thou shalt yeah. not kid thyself yeah exactly yeah, yeah. we know um, when we're not doing the right stuff yeah. we know if we're being disingenuous we know if we're delivering a poor service to customers mm. often and i mean that failure breeds success the reason i insisted it, the book was called that at the time against advice because people said you shouldn't have failure yeah. in the title is yeah. that everything we ever become <clears> good at we're probably rubbish at to start with yeah yeah you know learning to walk we get up fall down get up fall down get up fall down get up fall down we don't say sod it i'm not meant to walk i'm going yeah. to stay here our desire to walk is so strong that we push through it and then computer games or learning to ride a bike or drive a car or build a business the the failure is is not the opposite to success it's a part of the journey yeah, to success yeah. and actually with every failure you get stronger as long as you don't stay there yeah you know if we pick ourselves up dust ourselves down learn from it move on we are never a failure. Yeah. We may have failed in something, but it was an event, not a destination. Absolutely. I think so, we've, we've all heard the Edison light bulb thing. I'm not sure everyone knows about Dyson and the amount of times he created that. That, yeah. that it's just a part of, because he believed that it was possible and he could do it, so he didn't give yeah, up. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like be, just knowing that and, like I say, be honest with yourself that it is right. Um, and just get on with it. Um, and then as well, you, you kind of talk, you know, this uh, thing's in the sand, but also you do need that focus and it will move around. But I think sometimes some people, I've met a lot of people that they'll focus on this f for a minute and then they'll go off there and there'll be, there'll be a shiny new object for them to go after. And then yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. focus on that. It's, on a, it's a really good point. And when I'm helping people set goals, build a transition map, uh, and, and using the word map is, when you set a map, when you set a destination on a map and you work out the route to mm -hmm. it, I say to him, what do you think that the map gives you? Why, why do we have a map? Mm -hmm. Why do we need not just the goal, but the how to get there, even though mm -hmm. we may vary, because it's in sand as it were. Yeah. Uh, and they say, to tell us what we got to do. Yeah. I say, yeah, but equally, it's about telling you not what to do. Yeah. Because the problem with on entrepreneurs, most of them is, uh, they they can see opportunity and ideas in everything. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, with, I'm going towards this, I'm going towards, oh, Bitcoin looks good, oh, no, <laughs> oh, property, I'm going to go into yeah, property, kind yeah. of thing. and it's a distraction. When you've got a clear map and, and, and a route to it, and you're dedicated and committed to that, focus and discipline, the two things that I say are focus and discipline, if you're disciplined on that, yeah. then you're going to achieve it. Most of, uh, and so a map to me 
gives you the ability to say no. That could be a great opportunity. It's not for me at the moment. I'm focused. Yeah. That could be a great opportunity, but it's not part of our priority or part of our journey. I'll, write, I'll make a note of it for later, another opportunity yeah. when I finish this one, but I'm obsessively focused on hitting that goal now. And it's a bit like saying to a taxi driver, um, I'm going to King's Cross, I've got a train in 20 minutes. And he said, all right, I'll do my best, mate. And then you say, oh, actually, I need some cash from the cash machine. Can you stop at the cash <laughs> yeah, machine? Yeah. Oh, I'm hungry. I need, a, I need some food and drink. For, and, and then you're having to go at him because you didn't get to yeah. the train in time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you haven't got focus and discipline, you're always going to be missing those opportunities. And, and I have what, at home what I, I call my what-if book. It's only a little, um, what size is it, A5. Um, and if I get these ideas, as all entrepreneurs do, it's like, oh, I can do this, I can do this. Yeah. I write it in the what if, yeah. and it's what if I had time, or what if this didn't work, or what, what, what if I wanted a new, new goal, I then look back. But I need to write it down, otherwise it grows in my brain, and it distracts me all the time from my current focus. Yeah. So I need to get it out of my brain, noted. I know it's noted then, so I can forget about it, and then I'm back to my map. Alex, it's been fantastic. Thank you, mate. Alex from the Lead Engine. Uh, thank you. I and mean, if you liked, subscribe. Uh, we really appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you again on another session of Success is a System. Thanks very much.